Okay, ladies, gentlemen, goofballs and scumbags, whether you're watching on Being Sports, psych, or on CBS All Access, or somewhere else across the world, <laughs> um, we hope you're not watching on Peacock, even though I am. Y'all know what time it is. We are back at it again, and tonight it is episode 30, the big 3-0. We back at it again. We are the Footy Misfits. I am your host, LV, aka Paper Fronto, aka Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, aka. Now nah, that's enough AKs. And I'm sitting here with the good brother Ronnie. Ronnie, say what's good for the one time. So there you go. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? How are we doing? Welcome home, Bobby. Welcome home. Oh, Schmurda home. Uh, this is for all the New Yorkers that are listening. And Ferrani, obviously, because, you know, being that you are Mr. New York as well. Uh, did you notice how as soon as Bobby Schmurter got released, like the weather just changed dramatic dramatically? Like it was, <laughs> it was snowy out and then all of a sudden we got 50 plus. The snow's melting. The sun's out. Come on. Look at that. A little bit of wind, but that, that comes with the territory of February. But you mentioned that and I did notice that. I am not complaining. Well, there you have it. Welcome um, home, Bobby. Welcome home. Air horns with Bobby Schmurter. Let me get a quick ah ah ah. <laughs> I know what time it is. Moving on and getting into the thick of things. Uh, another good week. Obviously, any week that there's Champions League and Europa League uh, is usually a good week. Any week there's midweek football. Let me just say that. Where you can watch footy on a weekend and then just wait a day or two and watch footy in the midweek while you're ignoring all your work duties. As always, let's get right down to it, Ronnie. Uh, favorite game of the week? Break it down for us. So we, we kind of have similar games of the week. I'll let you say what ours was, but I did have another. In the Europa League, second leg between PSV Eindhoven and Olympiacos. Now going into that one, Olympiacos were up 4-2 on aggregate. Pretty much commanding lead going into the Netherlands for the second leg. But they made it hard on themselves. They allowed two goals by Iran Zahavi, PSV up 2 nothing, and leveling the score on aggregate. I don't know what it is about like seeing Olympiacos struggle for that one goal to put them through. But I forgot man's name, but it was literally like, Somewhere like like the last two minutes, 88th, 89th minute or something like that. Olympiacos gets the away goal. They get one back, putting them up 5-4 on aggregate. They lose the game 2-1, but it was enough to see them through to the next round. It was an open second half. They did have their chances, couldn't convert, but they did when it mattered the most. That was my favorite game of the week. Your favorite game of the week had to feature Olympiacos' round of 16 opponent in the Europa League. Yeah, it's, it's funny, first of all, how both of our favorite games of the week skip the Champions League and go straight into the Thursday games of the Europa <laughs> League, where the competition seems to be hot and heavy. Uh, but uh, in regards to Olympiacos, real quick, big shots to all the Papadopoulos' and uh, Stephanopoulos' that's over there. Really quick, I think it was a, it was a while ago, but it was either the Euros or some national, some international break where Greece was playing somebody. And I kid you not, they subbed off a Papadopoulos 
and subbed on a Papadopoulos in the same breath. So <laughs> it's just crazy. Hey, listen, I don't know what it is, but hey, a popular name out there, I guess. But yeah, uh, my favorite game of the week. And you know it's got to be a good game if it's featuring Arsenal, um, because it was. Arsenal v. Benfica in the second leg of the Europa League tie. Both teams walked into the game uh, on a 1-1. Man, from the beginning, Ronnie, I'm sure when you saw it, um, you could say the same, but it was absolutely open. Uh, Arsenal began on the front foot. Benfica had a response for whatever they, they brought to them. It was chances on chances on chances. Arsenal went ahead first courtesy of a beautiful through ball threaded by Bakayo Saka, one of the up-and-coming young stars. Uh, can hate on Arsenal, can hate on him. And Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang put it away. Our, uh, Arsenal go up 2-1 at this point in the tie. Shortly before the uh, end of the first half, Diogo Gonzalez equals the score of the game, making it a another 2-2 tie. Uh, Benfica having the slight edge due to the away goal. And hey, it, the goals didn't stop there, I'll tell you that. Second half, both teams came out flying again. And uh, Benfica was the, the uh, I guess, tasted first blood in the second half, courtesy of Rafa Silva in the 61st. A beautiful goal. Arsenal defense looking like they were in shambles. And from there, you gotta got to commend uh, Mikel Arteta. Uh, I spoke to, obviously, the the house Arsenal correspondent at the gentrified Gooner. And um, he was saying quiet is kept. Mikel Arteta's job, you know, could be on the line if uh, Arsenal were to bounce out of the Europa League in the round of 32. Um, that's another cup that they're not in the running for. They're not in the FA Cup running. They obviously aren't in, in the, the running for the, I, I'm not going to say Capital One Cup. I'm going to say the Carabao Cup. So, um, yeah, uh, this could have been Mikel Arteta's head if they didn't make it out. Credits to him, made some changes, brought on Thomas Partey to add a bit of, you know, fluidity into the midfield and a bit of uh, connection from the defense to the forwards. And from there, it was, you know, Arsenal sort of uh, had a bit of, I would say, a run of play where they were getting in dangerous places and going for blood. Benfica, however, was ready to catch them whenever they were caught, you know, slipping. Kieran Tierney, just shortly after the changes and Rafa Silva's goal, Scored a screamer, absolute screamer. Puts it on his left foot, half volley, right into the bottom right corner. And again, it's tied, boys. And from there, it looked like any it was anybody's game. Benfica would have went through regardless, again, as we said, on the away goals, which is another topic I want to get to later on. But if Benfica would have the upper hand if the score remained 3-3 on aggregate. But the... Uh, Arsenal superhero, if you will, the man of many masks, uh, Tony Cruz's op, saved the day, laid on, instead of facing some heart, <laughs> instead of facing some heartbreak like they did, as you mentioned, uh, to Olympiacos, was it last season or the season before, Obama was there to save the day, scored a beautiful goal, laid on, and I'm not sure who assisted it, it could have been Saka again, I mean, that kid's incredible, and uh, scores late in 87th, Arsenal go ahead and advance to the round of 16, aggregate score was four to three so beautiful game uh, obviously i would have loved to see arsenal go out but they wasn't having none of that shit so um yeah like the first like the second leg was in a completely different country um referring back to the papadopoulos and stuff like that or papadopoulos this was in greece <laughs> papadopoulos <laughs> this one this one was in greece you remember the first leg was in rome 
Yeah, and we're they're at Olympiaco Stadium this time around. Arsenal right. have to go back to that venue at the round of 16. They definitely got the job done against Benfica, a game that was just exciting from start to finish. Yeah, overall, just a great game. A lot to see there. Um, any casual fan of footy um, would have enjoyed it. And um, yeah, Arsenal go through. Now, I guess real quick before we get on to what we saw, obviously, in the big boy competition, the Champions League and whatnot, um, I do want to have a quick little conversation about the away goal rule, and especially in the time of COVID. And I think uh, I heard somebody bring up a really good point about it. It could have been Guillaume Balak. Shout out to Guillaume Balak. We'll get to you later. He said, and I'm not going to quote him directly, but uh, I think Diego Simeone must have had an issue with the away goal rule or something like that. But um, the fact that, you know, the away team playing in a um, in a knockout game, whether it be the Europa or the Champions League, let's say that the game ends up tied, right? It goes to extra time. Now that gives the away side 30 more minutes to score a goal that's worth basically two. Now, I don't know, Ronnie, what do you think about that? Is it a, is it a to-be-fair, I don't care? Or is that, I mean, it seems a bit unfair to the home team, no? It would be a to-be-fair, I don't care. I never really thought about it. Yeah, I neither do, have I. I get the purpose of it. You could say that, um, which tie in the Champions League right now has an away team up? Real Madrid at the Atlanta. Let's go with that, for example. Real Madrid are currently up one nothing on Atalanta. When they go to the Di Stefano, Atalanta just needs one goal to bring in an extra time. But let's say that game ends 2-2, Atalanta are through. I don't really see the big issue, to be honest with you. And I'm not saying that because Atalanta, rather, Real Madrid were just poor in the second leg in this hypothetical situation, which could be possible. And another, to be fair, I'm probably not explaining this as eloquently as Guillaume did or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It was just an interesting thought that I wanted to share here. But um, speaking of the Champions League, as you mentioned, a lot of games again in this past week. Let's start with what I just mentioned because the fix was in. Oh, wasn't it ever. That referee must have been wearing a Real Madrid kit on the low, probably got a Madrid tattoo on his back or something like that. Uh, Tobias Steiler, or Steeler, he's from yep. Hamburg. He's from Hamburg by way of the uh, Bernabeu, uh, probably related to Ferentino Perez some way or another. I don't know, because the way he was re- officiating, well, first things first, he was a quick draw McGraw, yellow cards out early, not playing no games, but that's neither here nor there. The, the big moment, obviously, that we want to talk about was the fact that Madrid was on the attack for the first 20 minutes. It seemed like their uh, game plan coming in and their tactics were, I guess, superior at the moment. Um, obviously, it was anybody's game. It was so early on. However, uh, Remo, Remo, I'm about to say his name wrong. Remo Froli, Froli get gets in a bit of a tussle with uh, Vinicius, I believe. Um, and uh, five, I think it was Froland Mendy. What's it? Oh, okay. Yeah, Ferland Mendy, he was he got the ball. He was apparently in a clear goal scoring opportunity, which I disagree with. And that's when the red card was pulled out. 17 minutes uh, early on in the game clearly changed the game. Um and I I agree with you. I I don't think it was I don't think it was it could have been a yellow. And even then, I mean, you could call it a yellow, but I don't think it was a clear goal-scoring opportunity. And if you don't believe Ronnie and me, who are two average Joes walking down the street, uh, I believe I did see Mark Clattenburg 
one of the referees of all referees uh, say the same thing. The coach for Atalanta, Gian Piero Gasperini, referred to this incident as, quote, football suicide. <laughs> a little dramatic, but I love it. I love it. Football suicide. Air, air um, horns for Gasparini's dramatic, dramatics. Dramatics. <laughs> but, but no, uh, it wasn't a clear goal-scoring opportunity. If you look at the incident, it, Mendy looked like he needed to like have to do some finessing, and then you had to defend all the way on the other side who could have come up. I don't remember who that was. But that red card pretty much fucked up the, the mood for, for the rest of the match. Like, literally, it was just dull, uneventful, other than Mendy's goal that he scored in the second half. And a match that should be electrifying, we're not even talking about that. It could have been electrifying, but we're talking about this red card. And we're not even talking about the fact that as much as Gasparini has a point, he too is in the wrong for subbing out Joseph Ilicic after subbing him on, giving him the Hudson Adoy treatment. Yeah, good point, good point. I don't know if it was because Ilicic was unfit or if there's a beef there, which I saw a lot of people um, alluding to, which is part of the reason why Papu Gomez left. But this game should have been exciting and it was everything but. Yeah, and it just uh, real quick, I. I believe in regards to Ilicic being subbed on and off, I think Gasparini or somebody on the team had mentioned that he basically didn't seem to have the attitude for the tie. Like he, he didn't look like he was ready to play that day, like mentally, not physically. And um, to be fair, I mean, Ilicic didn't look the best, but you couldn't really gauge the team because obviously, as we mentioned, they had a red card after 17 minutes, which throughout uh, Atalanta's entire game plan, despite the fact that Gasparini um, didn't uh, sub in a defender as soon as they got the red, he was still looking to try to contain the game and you know maybe even score some goals, but obviously Atalanta couldn't uh, because Madrid were on their ass uh, even with 11 men, and so obviously with 10 men it was gonna be tougher. And again, to go back real quick to the Mendy point, you know, it wasn't a clear goal scoring opportunity for the simple fact that he put the ball down on his on his left foot and he went sort of away from goal on his left side. Like you said, he, he a lot of work would need to have been done for it to be considered a goal scoring opportunity. Now, if he would have fell down on his right and sort of been in the center of the box, maybe that would have been a different conversation. But yeah, the ref ref fucked it up. Somebody's got to do an investigation, but there obviously won't be. But aside from that, there were no goals in the game until very, 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 very late, courtesy of Ferlin Mendy. And Ronnie, what do you, what'd you think about the goal? Um, Scarta on the weak foot, it was good, but I, I didn't care for this match after that happened, to be honest with you. After the red cue. card, I'm like, I, I mentally checked out. All right, you can cue the Slavin village on that one. To be fair, I don't care. I will mention really quickly though, but that goal was really good uh, on a set piece. Looked like that they had practiced before uh, on Mendy's weak side. I think Zidane had uh, something to say about that after the game saying that, yeah, you know, that's uh, Mendy's weak side, his right foot. He said he shoots harder on his right foot, but he's more accurate with his left. And I'm like, all right, whatever. But Madrid up one nil and Atalanta have some work to do, but it isn't over. And we didn't mention Duvin, Duvin Zapata uh, exiting the game injured as well early on, right after the red card. That's another big blow for them. 
Yeah, they gave it Atalanta, escaped them. I would hope that in the second leg, the exact scenario I played out happens in which Atalanta <laughs> finishes his game and taking the tie, whether it be on the way goals or a straight win. But if you don't have anything else to say about this match, we can talk about the other match on that day. Yeah, yeah, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Another low-scoring game, right? Manchester City and Borussia Mönchengladbach. This was another one of those relocated fixtures. Instead of this being played in Germany, it was played at Puskas Arena in Hungary. And honestly, I didn't watch that game, you know, in hopes that the Madrid game would be electrifying. Uh, apparently, that game was the game to watch. They had one more goal than in this one, Manchester City 2. Borussia Mönchengladbach 0 goals from Bernardo Silva in the first half and Gabriel Jesus in the second half. However, the player of the game, I think we can agree, at least what everyone was talking about, Jao Cancelo. Yeah, Jao Cancelo. I did watch uh, the game there, or at least try to tune in for the most of it. But uh, Cancelo, who's been playing incredibly for City lately, you know, you can catch him anywhere on the pitch and he's doing what he's supposed to do. Uh, whipped in a really beautiful cross for uh, short-ass Bernardo Silva to score a <laughs> header in. What's up with City? They got that. That's two weeks in a row there. We saw Raheem Sterling jump up and score a header against Arsenal at the weekend last week. And then this week we got Bernardo Silva, who's all of what, five, six, five, seven? All right, he's not that short, but you don't get what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, I think, I think um, to me, the biggest thing about all of this is that City continues their all competition win streak. They were at 19 as of that Champions that, League game. Yeah. They're now at 20 after beating West Ham on the weekend. One thing about Cancelo, Juventus letting him go. I said this when it happened. I'll say it again. Juventus will rule that day. If I were on the Juventus board, I am certainly ruling the fact that they got rid of Joe Cancelo for Danilo. Nothing wrong with Danilo, but Cancelo, I mean, look at what he's doing right now. That's what I saw when he was there. But To, to be fair, right quick to your point, I feel like Cancelo, Cancelo didn't necessarily – come out the gate swinging when he was at City. And we do remember uh, City's defense has been having issues for the past couple of seasons and is only now starting to finally really click. And it sucks because everyone is clicking, whether they be on the bench or they start, be it John Stones or Cancelo, Kyle Walker, Benjamin Mendy, they got everybody. But yeah. That's a Cancelo I saw at Juventus. Right. That's well, what I'm trying to say, but you know, money. Yeah, man. If we could leapfrog backwards as those games were on Wednesday, Tuesday, which game do you want to start with first? Atleti Chelsea or Lazio Bayern? Um, I think <laughs> I think we can just uh, get the uh, Atleti – either way. We can get the Atleti Chelsea out of the way first things first. Um, I thought it was interesting. It was overall a decent game. It kind of seemed very evident when you saw the, the team sheet when Simeone lined up in a 6-3-1 formation, <laughs> that he was <laughs> he he was playing. He was he was playing clearly for the nil-nil draw just so we could take it back uh home and you know win soundly one nil to go to the next round or win um at Stamford Bridge soundly and uh, move on to the next round. Um but yeah Thomas Tuchel and Chelsea's men had other plans. Uh and I think I mentioned this off the pod, but they pulled in Atletico Madrid on Atletico Madrid. Running you did away mention with, that. 
running away with a late goal, uh, a really nice goal though, from uh, Olivier Giroud. And uh, now go to Stamford Bridge. And who knows, maybe they'll uh, defense the uh, the hell out of Atleti Madrid, but I don't know. That tie is very much still alive. What do you think, Ronnie? It's very much open, I, I would say. Um, I'm not sleeping on Atleti on this one. I still think they will go through. I could see Atleti pulling up two goals to one game, leveling the tie, but going through on away goals. So no no reason to sleep on Atletico de Madrid. And they pulled off these heroics last year against Liverpool, if we remember. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, Simeone, you, it's rare that you see him exit at the round of 16. And although Chelsea did get the away goal there, uh, one goal isn't enough. Obviously, Simeone would have wanted the nil-nil because um, you just kind of sort of have an advantage going playing away in the second leg uh, after kind of nulling and voiding the, the first leg. But you've got Atleti. I still got Chelsea. I think Tuchel's boys will, will uh, hold it down and move forward into the next round. But that's that on that. Um, now, Lazio and Bayern. No surprises there, <laughs> I think. We can agree. <laughs> Lazio and Bayern was, let's say, predictable. <laughs> uh, Robert Lewandowski got things started early. Then the sensation of the game, Jamal Musiala, scored in the 24th. Leroy Sané capped off the first half, three nothing Bayern. Um, Lazio did score in the second half. Correa finding the back of the net, but for the final. This tie is pretty much over when they go back to Germany. But like I mentioned, pretty much the headline of this one was Musiala. Yep, I got to agree there. If there's anything worth talking about from Bayern beating Lazio, um, it's definitely that 17-year-old Jamal Musiala. Yeah, the boy, 17. Absolutely having an incredible season there on, on the Bayern first team. I mean, he gets subbed on, but plays in the first team and plays well. I remember him cooking uh, RB Leipzig uh, some months ago, and I just can't get over the fact that he's 17, or he just turned 18 actually, and which leads me to another. Yeah, really he turned 18 over the weekend, 17 right. when that happened. Right, baller. Yeah, what so another, another quick point about him: he was eligible to either play for the England national team or the German national team, and I think he spent time mainly playing for England uh, as at the as of this moment and uh, turned 18 and has officially committed to Germany. Boy, that's got to leave the English a bit sick, huh? Demandschaft. Yeah, it's his choice. It's not like what's going on here in the U.S. with this kid, Efrain Alvarez. USA and Mexico are fighting for his ass. But um, shouts to Jamal Musiala. I feel like he's going to have a successful career no matter what happens with Germany or at Bayern Munich. He's definitely got the potential we saw it in rome yeah i say the english gotta be extra sick well because of this sort of main reason well one first uh, musiala was born in stuttgart and then he moved to england as as like and as a kid um but basically played england u15s played england u16s he played germany u16s as well but then as of the latest he played english u17 and then in 2020 english uh u21 so it looked all but you know certain that he'd be playing for England, but yeah, the boy made up his mind. Yeah, man. Again, I don't see an issue with his decision. He's gonna be successful. 
But my only gripe, I guess you can say, I you gotta get rid of Jurgen Love. Oh shit! Listen, Ryan, that's one thing you and I both agree on. Get him out of here. But that's pretty much the one big thing grab from the Lazio Bayern side. The first leg, Musiala. Lewandowski is, of course, doing his damn thing. Lero Sane is producing. Serge Gnabry had a good game as well. Second leg is pretty much going to be a wash as well. We could pretty much confirm that unless Lazio pull off some voodoo and bring on um, the grandson of, Mu- of Mussolini like we spoke about last week. <laughs> uh, little Benito? Benito Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> Benito Jr. on the flanks. <laughs> a little heavy artillery. <laughs> and they're in Germany. <laughs> Anything else on this game you want to bring up or should nah, we? I think that's, that, that's that there. I guess I, I can't ask the question but uh, of who's the best team right now in Europe. Is it City or is it Bayern? But I just feel like it's pointless at this point. So we'll wait. We'll wait on that. We'll, we'll wait on that. You're right. City have been dominant, 20 wins in a row. Bayern Munich did have some hiccups after coming back from Qatar, but it's still a Bayern side you can't really sleep on. He's still yet to lose in the Champions League, by the way. There you go. Dating back to last season. We were talking about the Wednesday matches in the Champions League. One of the Wednesday matches that we didn't talk about was in the Europa League. Spurs taking on Wolfsburger, finishing 4 0, 8 1 in aggregate. We got Dele Alli, Dele Alli. I just don't think you understand. No, I, I won't. I won't go into that. But hey, Dele Alli came on, and Mister, you know, he 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 saw Giroud's bicycle and said, "I'll raise you another one." Let me set myself up for that one, and you know, scored a wonder goal there. Uh, I won't spend too much time on this game, but Spurs absolutely route Wolfsburger. AC, aka the Austrian electricians, plumbers, teachers, and all that. But uh, yeah, chill, 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 chill. Put some respect on the Austrian Bundesliga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, well, actually, kudos to uh, to Wolfsburger on a serious note. They uh, were a team that weren't, you know, obviously one of the premier teams in uh, in the Austrian Bundesliga, and sort of in the last couple of seasons made their way up and nabbed some Europa League spots since the second season in the row in the row, I believe. Um, but it was the wrong season to play Spurs, I guess. Gareth Bale looked fit and ready, scored a, a nice little wonder goal. Dele Alli. The kick from Dele Alli was, yeah. I, I, honestly, if you, if you ask me that Zidu one was a bit more spontaneous than the Dele Alli one, but it was still great nevertheless. Carlos Vinicius loves scoring in cup competition. Yeah, and, and some Spurs fans uh, around will say that he's not been doing his job, not been, you know, subbing on for Kane in the Premier League and taking some minutes off his back there and producing, but... Producing in these in, cup competitions. In every single cup, I think he's got about, I would say, I'm not sure if it's nine goals now in the Europa League. Um, he, scored, he's, he scored in the FA Cup, I mean, although the Spurs are out of there, but, you know, he's, he, like you said, he's scoring in cups and that's all that matters, but don't want to spend too much time on this game there. Spurs move ahead. On to the round of 16, where they will face Dinamo Zagreb. Dinamo Zagreb, they watched Krasnodar for two on aggregate. Just going through some of these Europa League fixtures, the ones that stood out. Leverkusen just didn't want to show up. 
I was hoping that game was going to be I was going to finish with much more goals. That's sort of like the first leg, but hey, hey, you know, is what it is. Young boys with the shock victory there, cooking Leverkusen. Another shock victory, on another team beating a German side, Molde, i.e. Erling Haaland's beginnings defeated Hoffenheim five three on aggregate two nothing second leg result. Meaning yeah. no German team left in the Europa League. Ain't that a bitch? But yeah, I mean, in regards to Molde, do we have a dark horse or no? I wouldn't say dark horse. A Cinderella story brewing in the Europa League. Listen. I am. I'm. We're gonna save it till next week to do our Europa League predictions. But I'm gonna just tell you this right now. Coming up in the Europa League for Molda is Granada. Granada is a good story themselves. They defeated Napoli, a previous Europa League winner back when it was the the UEFA Cup. I think Molda will get as Granada. And I'm with you right there. Any team Roberto Soldado plays for, I'm rooting <laughs> against. Let's go, Molda. Get him out of here. <laughs> um, Shakhtar, Donetsk, Maccabi, Tel Aviv. No surprises there. We mentioned earlier Arsenal beating Benfica and Olympiacos beating PSV. Ajax defeating Lille. The only tie to finish on away goals was Milan versus Red Star. 3-3. Manchester United and Real Sociedad saw the second leg scores at Old Trafford, but Man U for nothing. Dinamo Kiev beating Bruges. Rangers. Rangers are hot. Could could be a real dark horse. Speaking of dark horse, they could be a real dark horse in this tournament. They're going to face Slavia Praga, who defeated Leicester City 2-0 in the second leg. Who, who are we missing? Um, Roma are through. Villarreal defeated Red Bull Salzburg. And I think we're through on these Europa League ties. Um, yeah, quick I, do want to mention, I do want to mention one thing real quick on the Europa League. Uh, Slavia Prague beating Leicester. In my opinion, it was an upset. I, th I thought Leicester would go through in the form that they've been. Uh, but the funny thing about it was, at full time, the uh, Prague players FaceTimed a Premier League player, Thomas Suchek of West Ham, who was wearing a full-on... Prague kit, celebrating with the players via FaceTime. I just thought that was pretty funny to see a Premier League former rival celebrating against the Premier League. Former Prague player himself. I saw that, and I was laughing because that was dope to see. Prague, like I said, <laughs> Prague, they're playing Rangers, Granada versus Molde, Ajax versus the Young Boys, Dinamo Kiev, Villarreal, Roma, Shakhtar, Olympiacos, Arsenal, Zagreb, Spurs, and the big one, Manchester United and AC Milan. Join us next week for our predictions. Man U versus Milan in the Europa League, playing on a Thursday night like Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. fighting at 50 years old. <laughs> Something about it just ain't right, you know? I saw a meme that said, Milan and Man U playing in the Europa League now. When you would see these two sides in the Champions League, it's like seeing the Chicago Bulls and the Detroit Pistons now. When back in like the 80s and 90s, they were just balling the rivals. <laughs> yeah, that ain't facts. That first leg's March 11th, second leg's March 18th. We will have predictions next week on that. LV, what do you want to talk about now? So naturally, this weekend... Um... I 
kept it pretty Premier League. Did see a bit of Serie A stuff there, here and there. Um, so I wouldn't mind diving into the Premier League real quick and just get that over with because I saw a bunch of that, uh, pretty much all the games this weekend. Nothing really noteworthy there aside from the fact that Man City win again, as you as we mentioned before in the pod, 20 wins in all competitions. And I think they're up to now 14 or 15 straight in the league, just um, four or five short of, of their, uh, their, their own record of 18 straight wins. So, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> Chelsea United, another big six clash there. I wish there was something to talk about in that game. Absolute news fest. Uh, you know, uh, I, like that's the kind of game, you know, you got to hit the, uh, to be fair, I don't care. There wasn't shit going on there. I just want to say, if you want on-the-field content, go back to episode 10 when we had H-Man Coker on here. That was one of the games that weekend at Old Trafford, the reverse fixture. Same shit. Continue. Exact same game. Both teams. I can't speak for Tuchel because he's been in the league for about four game, four league games now. Ole Gunnar knew what he was doing as soon as he set up the team there. That game was a fucking snooze fest. Nothing worth watching. Game finishes nil-nil. <laughs> Nobody wins. Everyone loses. Shit was ass. But there, went, there was a really quick moment there, a controversial no-call no by VAR, um, a handball sh penalty shout, um, hudson Adoy. In my opinion, he, he, he hit the ball with a Mike Tyson blow, extended his arm, punched the ball, and VAR waited a couple minutes, called it. I thought he, I thought he blew towards a, blew for a penalty, but ended up not doing it. Ole Gunnar had some words saying that Chelsea, the referee was influenced by Chelsea's website or something like that. Thomas Tuchel was uh, yelling at Ole Gunnar's show card right after it happened. I don't know why, but that was the only entertainment that you might have gotten from that match. Uh, it, it was some ass. It was 100% complete ass. I wish I could get those 90 minutes back, and I wish I had more hands so I could give that game four thumbs down. I saved myself the time and didn't watch that. I'm glad I didn't. No surprise that we saw the 0 0. Um, literally, same shit as the first time 0 0, basura, rubbish, debris, any other adjectives for this game that resemble trash. That. Um, Ole Gunner sounds like a donkey talking about the refs are influenced by Chelsea's website. Sounds like Trump with the elections. <laughs> This is the same Manchester United team who gets penalties awarded to them at the end of full time. And when and when it happened, when the handball happened, I'm like, oh, there you go. You know, Bruno Fernandes about to get another one there. But the ref was like, nah, we ain't doing that today. And honestly, in my opinion, the ref was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but we had these conversations before. Big six games suck nowadays. Yeah, I mean, you can, count on, you can count on one hand how many good big six games we've seen this season. Manu Spurs. Manu Spurs, City Spurs, the first, the first uh, go-round. City Liverpool Anfield, you could say City versus uh, Spurs, the second go-round. No, that game was trash. City just whooped their ass. That game was trash. Chelsea Spurs was a nil-nil draw, but it actually was entertaining. That's four right now. Arsenal United, honestly, wasn't even the best game. Arsenal pulled away with one. So, yeah, I don't remember I'm going, that one. So far. I'm, going, I'm going with those four, maybe five honorable mentions if you try. 
Everything else was absolute garbage. City Liverpool, the first leg, first half was incredible. The second half, they both were like, guys, we just let's this doesn't get to 90 minutes without getting injured. And the game finished 1 1. Um, don't get me started on Chelsea Spurs, the second leg. Uh, and plenty more there. Plenty more. Spurs played Burnley on Sunday. And Gareth Bale, I think he's fit. I think that man is fit. Yeah, he's looking like he's back. I don't know. Oh, I just want to point out that Mourinho has been getting a lot of shit, and Bale as well has been getting a lot of shit that he hasn't turned out this season, and that you know Mourinho has been playing him because he he keeps the season the same excuse. He doesn't seem fit. Doesn't seem fit. And to be fair, I mean, it looks like Mourinho's you know idea and I guess Bale as well of of keeping him out of the team seems to work out because this is the first time I've seen him all season actually look incredibly fit he was on the front foot the entire game oh man it, you know it looked just like slight little glimmers of the old bail the goal at the end of the game on the left foot towards the edge of the box something bail's done time and time again in the premier league and he, he had a, a deep diagonal ball to harry kane for his one assist Bale walks away two goals and an assist and i do have a quick story about this uh point this this match week so uh as you all know, a friend of the show, the gentrified Gooner, made a prediction uh, with me saying that at the end of February, Arsenal and Spurs would be within one point of each other or Arsenal would be ahead of Spurs. Now, two months ago, I said, yeah, I, you talking that bullshit. And sure enough, Spurs have done what they've done over the last two months and Arsenal have done what they've done over the last two months. And on Sunday morning, when Arsenal went ahead and beat, whooped Leicester City's ass, 3-1 by the way, it looked as if the gentrified Gooners prediction came true, but Gareth Bale being the gentleman that he is, saved my ass and gave us three points against Burnley. Spurs currently sit still two points above Arsenal. <laughs> and February is over, I am okay, folks. That was mostly the Premier League. There was a few other happenings. I did mention Arsenal Leicester. Uh, wild game. Didn't see that coming. But, yeah, that was all there. Leicester City just gave up. Yuri Tillemans scored, and then Arsenal, they went guns blazing. Um, looking at some of the results here, a lot of trash games. <laughs> a lot of trash games on here. And I watched every single one, man. <laughs> including Chelsea United. That's what it culminated in, actually. Uh, you know, Liverpool won a game as well. I caught a bit of that uh, against Sheffield United. Honestly, it was a weekend in Premier League that you could forget. Aside from Spurs looking good and Gareth Bale looking good. I'll care to remember that one there. Yeah, the two North London teams provided the games of the day. But Man City beat West Ham. Jesse Lingard got on the board, but Man City can't stop him. Yeah, can't do it. At halftime, is 1-1. And I think, as I mentioned before, um, City just get better as 90 minutes go on, and they just they did just that. Uh, both goals coming courtesy of center backs. Ruben Diaz got one, and John Stones the other. And what Stones' goal weren't no header. It was a uh, one touch in the box, incredible touch, uh, low finish, looked like a striker there. Folks are comparing them two to Ronaldo and Rooney, uh, you know, Messi, and you know, all type of stuff. So, yeah, City unstoppable. I would say that's enough on the Premier League there. I will mention the Premier League later on, but until then, Bundesliga. 
the match of the weekend had to be RB Leipzig 3, Borussia Mönchengladbach 2. Borussia Mönchengladbach took the first half. Jonas Hoffman, Marcus Taram, a.k.a. Mr. Then... <laughs> I can I can neither confirm nor deny that, right? He just spit on his webcam. <laughs> I, I just spit. I just made the. I just, <laughs> I just spit. I just made the the effect. Trust me, I'm fully salivated, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's not where I was going with this, but we're here. Um, oh, second half was all RB Leipzig. Um, Unkunku brought Leipzig to within one. About 10 minutes later, Yusuf Poulsen leveled it up. And I've seen this man play the hero, Alexander Slaughteroth. He came from behind in a RB Leipzig game against Isambul Basakshi here in the Champions League. He found the game winner in garbage time. Three two winners over Borussia Mönchengladbach. Now, Leipzig are within two points of Bayern Munich. Bayern defeated Köln 5-1 on their 121st birthday. Running riot in the Bundesliga. They're, they're neck and neck. Bayern and Gladbach. Now, Bayern's next match is Der Klassiker against Borussia Dortmund. As for RB Leipzig, their next opponent will be Wolfsburg in the Cup on Wednesday. I don't know how that's going to go. It's going to be a toss-up. Weghorst, my mans. Saturday, they'll play Freiburg on the road. The only other Bundesliga game I wanted to mention, Stuttgart 5, Schalke 1. Schalke sacked their manager. For the fourth time this season, and they will be appointing a fifth sometime soon. That is incredible. <laughs> God damn. Five managers of the season? Damn. That goes to show you how bad Schalke are. They are still on nine points. Their nearest rival, Mainz, also in the relegation zone, are on 17 points. Schalke only managed to win one game, draw six, drop 16. Can uh, can the footy misfits apply for a manager position? Because I think we could, we could do something, right, Ronnie? I think we can. Give me the reins at Schalke. They have an American there, Matthew Hoppe. And, you know, every German club needs an American. <laughs> the Bundesliga breeds Americans. Um, you could just look at Werder Bremen, Joshua Sargent, Dortmund with Gio Reyna. Leipzig with Tyler Adams. They breed Americans. Schalke got one. We have some experience. I played footy on a girls team one time. We, we, we can take care of Schalke. We can take care of Schalke. Saying, hey, hey, Schalke, you know, reach out. Listen, man, uh, you know, maybe if the price is right, we could offer you our services. I was optimistic. I haven't gone in the relegation playoff, but nah, it's not, that's not happening. They're, they're going down, which is sad because that pretty much wipes away the Riviera Derby between them and Dortmund off the fixture list. Now, there won't be, I don't know if there's going to be fans in the final match day, but I do want to bring up the fact that a couple years ago, Hamburg got relegated on the final match day, ending their streak of never being relegated. 
And Saga, they have been relegated before, but those long time. I don't know if you remember, but when um, Hamburg were relegated, the supporters pretty much bombed their stadium, their end of the stadium. Like you saw flares going up, you saw bombs, black smoke go up in the air. It was right. a war zone in Hamburg. Now, right. I don't know if there's going to be fans at Schalke's final match or whenever they get relegated, but I, I could see them, you know, causing that much of a riot in Gelsenkirchen. Yeah, I do remember when Hamburg did get relegated, uh, Louis Hopi, who was playing there, used to play for Spurs, probably the only reason I know who he is. And he was there, uh, the, the game where they officially got relegated. And he was talking to fans, and they're yelling at him. He's like, I'm sorry, we're going to get back, I promise. And they're like, yeah, all right. And look where they are now at this point. Still so. in the second division. But in, they're still in second division. But let's be honest, they're doing pretty okay. They might be on track for promotion. They are in fourth right now. They finish in third. They get a relegation playoffs. They can still make it to top two. Bochum and Holstein Kiel, the team who beat Bayern in the Pokal, are top two. Um, but yeah, Hamburg, they, they were wilding. They, they were going crazy. That looked like what happened on January 6th in the capital. But let's see, let's see if Schalke does something like that when they get relegated. Wait, Ronnie, did, did it look like the capital on, on, uh, on January 6th during the daytime or during the night shift? Because the night shift, police crew pulled up and cleaned up. <laughs> <laughs> Day shift, when everything was going up a monkey. Everything was up a blaze. Fair, fair. Um, but yeah, that's my point on the Bundesliga. We're, we watch these games on ESPN+. And... Shouts to them for, for pulling up all this great content. Whether you guys listening here in the States, their game and their Classica will be on ABC this weekend. And I'm mentioning these television channels because um, we learned that CBS All Access, which is now known as Paramount Plus on July, um, whoa, on March 4th, I don't know where I got July from, they are acquiring soccer rights on the ready. They got the Brasileiro rights. They got Argentina League rights. Shouts to River, shouts to Boca, San Lorenzo. They're getting World Cup qualifier rights in CONCACAF. They should get them in Commonwealth too, South America, because you got to pay like $30 for one match. No. They should get that. They have the Champions League, Europa League, the Women's Champions League. They'll have the, the Conference League next season. We all know if Arsenal plays in that or not, but shout to ZBS All Access Paramount Plus. They are killing it in the soccer streaming game. And we spoke about this on air. Somebody got to save La Liga from being sports. Yeah, hey, big up to Paramount Plus. I can't wait to watch more footy on there. Uh, and hopefully somebody uh, gets being sports out the paint because they have La Liga, as you mentioned, and Liga in a chokehold. Mm, mm, mm. Now, they got to give them rights. Give it to CBS All Access. Give it to ESPN Plus. I'll even take NBC, but I doubt it. But Give it to the Misfits. Oh, we, <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we can broadcast on our social channels. I am with that as well. Don't give it to Fox. Yeah. I, don't, I don't trust Fox. Yeah, listen, man. And you definitely don't give it to no BR football. They abandoned the Champions League. Yeah, nope. 
do you have anything else in the football world you'd want to discuss? Really quick, uh, read this week that Allison of Liverpool, uh, Pops uh, passed away in some sort of accident um, out in Brazil. So RIP his Pops, prayers and condolences yeah, to man. Allison and his family. I'm sorry to hear that for Allison. Yeah. Gotta suck for Liverpool. Really sad. I mean, Klopp's uh, dad passed away recently, and then same thing with Allison. Or was it was it Klopp's mom? Either way, a parent of Klopp's passed away. Yeah, Klopp's recently. mom. So there we go. You know, a really sad, tough time must be for them. So prayers out to those guys. Um, and then I also wanted to really quick mention uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic after after having a bit of a spat with uh, Lukaku in the Milan derby or. Uh, at the Super, uh, at the uh, Coppa Italia, a couple weeks back, is back again in the headlines. This time, uh, away from the game of footy, having some choice words for LeBron James, who needs—I uh, don't need to explain—I guess who he is. Saying uh, basically, uh, long story short, stick to sports. If you don't know, you know, if, uh, you should do what you're good at, which is basketball or sports, and stick to that. And, uh, just had some, you know, some little twangs of a, you know, a little bit of scumbaggery, if you will. And yeah, I got to say, you know, Ibrahim was told the older he gets, the less I kind of like the guy. I don't know, man. You know, but LeBron did have a reply there, and he kind of basically said, you know, I, I'm not going to do that. And then he said, hey, yo, Ibrahimovich, I got papers on you. I done did my homework. He said you was over here talking about racism and you know. Uh, discrimination in Sweden, being that you have a Bosnian last name and, you know, you're not you're not a typical Swedish guy and getting some hate for that. So he was like, what you want from me? You got some stuff to handle over there, your damn self. So a uh, little bit of hate towards uh, LeBron there. And um, I just thought that was uh, worthy of a quick little mention. But aside from that, Ronnie. Yeah, I, I did want to quickly mention, like, yeah, that was kind of stupid on Zlatan's part. Let LeBron James be. Let Romelu Lukaku be. Get off their back. Yeah, uh, Ibrahim, yo, listen, man. Look like you got, you're going through something. So if you need to find your peace, uh, you know, just pull up on the Instagram and follow at Footy Misfits where you can find your peace. Yes, you can. Now, we mentioned the streaming services. That is where we should kick off BS of the Week. I believe it's that time, right? Oh, wait. Are you saying that it's it's... BS of the week time? I think it is. We need a drop for BS of the week when it comes up, by the way. We, we're going to work yeah. on that. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But BS of the week, kick it off. All right. Uh, yeah, so as you mentioned, of course, Paramount Plus, a.k.a. CBS All Access, a.k.a. the current uh, holders of the Champions League and Europa League rights. And I got to say, as we've mentioned maybe before, that they're doing a hell of a job, uh, did wonderfully with last season's Champions League. Uh, when, they picked it, when they picked it up and you know incredible crew incredible staff good punditry they got everybody from you know the you know the international reporting sensation guillaume balag they got uh you know the good old michael richards jamie carragher there roberto martinez former everton coach and also netherlands no belgium coach current uh, belgium coach and then obviously the wonderful kate abdo who's always there um uh, but Particularly in this moment, uh, the BS comes in the form of Guillaume Balag. Well, I guess there's a running joke that Balag wears really nice, fancy clothes and, you know, eccentric colors and things of that nature. Whereas Jamie Carragher, 
wears drab ass gray and browns and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> gets gets flamed on the regular for that there. So I guess they made it a point where Guillaume would gift Jamie Carragher a nice little uh, ensemble that he could wear on air and look popping. So sure enough, that's what happened. And I thought it was gonna be some fly ass shit, but my man Guillaume Bella gave this dude, get Jamie Carragher, <laughs> basically a uh, some sort of floral pattern shirt, all type of color in there. No, not one way to match at all. Look like, uh, you know, some Miami Guido uh, or, pit, <laughs> or pit bull with hair. Look crazy. So big BS to uh, uh, Guillaume Balak for thinking that that was fly. And then Jamie Carragher, man, tweaked. You actually put that shit on and wore it on air. <laughs> no socks on, by the way. I had the dress shoes on with no socks. I know it was kind of cold in that in that in that studio there, but yeah, it looked all wild and crazy. Uh, Kate Abdo wasn't having it either. She was giving him some hell as she always does. Uh, so yeah, quick BS the week to Guillaume Balag and uh, the good man Jamie Carragher there. She had a little humble flex. She pulled up the um the chain right there one time in it. Oh yeah, she was like, you know what this? Oh, this ain't nothing. You know, just a little bit of a Vasacy. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit sassy. I said, oh, shit, okay. Now, we mentioned earlier Spurs versus Bunley. Apparently, rumors have it that Ugo Lloris might be on the move or they might just want to bring in a backup keeper, and they are targeting Nick Pope, current Burnley keeper. Now, I saw this during the week. I thought it was hilarious. They asked um, they, um, the press asked Sean Dyche, manager of Burnley, about the the links between Spurs and <laughs> about Spurs and Nick Pope, and <laughs> verbatim, Sean Dyche said, "If they offered a bag of crisps, a pint of lager in a pub at the moment, the way things are going, I might be swayed. I might actually take it," said Sean Dyche. Going on to say, <laughs> going on to say, if someone could find a way of changing the rules of the country, give me a pint and a big and a bag of crisps, I will have to try and hang on to Popey as best as I could. Adding on top of that, pickled onion monster munch was his favorite, or anything beef or steak minded would do. One, Yo. this reminds me of the time when. Mr. Crab sold SpongeBob for sixty-two cents. Sixty-two cents and some lint, straight to <laughs> David Jones' locker. It reminded me of that, but um, if he's really serious, um, I am willing to submit a formal offer to Burnley Football Club for the services of Nick Pope on the Football Misfits podcast. Yo, I'll match you, Ronnie. I got, I got some, uh, I got some kind of chips in here somewhere. Some crisps. I got, I got some hot Cheetos in here. Pickle onion monster munch. I'll figure it out, man. We'll, we'll make it happen. There's some kind of British novelty store somewhere in New York. We'll figure it out. There is, but I say that to say I'm serious. When this episode goes out, I'm tagging Nick Pope. I'm tagging Burnley. If Sean Dyche is on social media, I'm tagging him too. A. I am interested in Nick Pope's services on the Football Misfits podcast. If lockdown shuts down and we're able to travel, I'm taking LV. I'm taking Spence. We're going to Burnley. We're going to find a pub. We're going to have some crisps and a pint of lager. I am down. I, I can make you that offer. 
Um, and if you want to come up on the Footy Misfits as well, Sean Deitch, I'm more than happy to have you here. And I believe LV would concur. Yeah, I'll buy you a bag of crisps and all that. Hey, man, all the pickled onion monster munch for one appearance, at least one appearance on the Football Misfits podcast by you and or Nick Pope. Yeah, hey, Sean Deitch, you hear this? Hey man, you put it out there. We're responding. I am with this. I am with this. As the kids say here, I am with the shits. So on Daesh, the ball is on your pitch. Ooh, man, I'm not gonna front them Christmas buzzing. Yo, Sean Dice, I got something for you. (laughs) (laughs) And with that being said, Ronnie. Crisp aside, pints of lager aside, nasty floral shirts aside, uh, you want to go ahead and sign the boys off for episode three zero. The big three zero. We thank everybody for listening to the Football Misfits podcast. We thank everybody for interacting with us at Footy Misfits on Instagram. We thank y'all. We love y'all dearly. We will see you next time for episode 31 for... The good brother LV and future Misfits guest Nick Pope, Sean Dyche as well. Again, the offer's there. I go by the name of Ronnie. We'll see you next time. Adios, everybody. Woo! Bobby Schmurter home, y'all. Watch out. It's about to be a hot summer.